Welcome to the infamous podcast, Bitch, I'm Not Well. I'm Kelly. And I'm Brandy. And we're invested on taking you down to crazy town, where we talk about crazy bitches who are truly unwell. All right, welcome back. It's about time, Kelly. This has been the longest week of my life. I'm so sorry. If you ever do this to me again. (laughs) You're going to love it. I probably will. I like when you tease me. Like when I put you in the corner. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Just don't put me in the closet. Baby never goes in the corner. Oh, I love that show. <laughs> All right. So the last episode, we talked about Shonda Hitler. <laughs> we talked about Shonda Vander Ark and how she and her son systemically punished and starved and tortured Timothy Ferguson. Pretty messed up shit. Pretty messed up shit, yes. And the police had shown up and were just kind of taking note of everything around their house. And there was food, plenty of food, enough food to feed a village. And uh, they were about to interrogate Paul. And that is where we left off. So that is where we're going to pick up. So if you didn't listen to part one, you might want to listen to it real quick and then come back to this one. Yeah, go do that real quick because it's only an hour. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) See you soon. (laughs) All right. So this is where we're going to pick up. The officer tried to speak to Paul, who was sitting on the couch, not saying anything. He just looked kind of numb looking. Um, For every question, Shonda would interject. So Shonda's on one side talking to an officer and Paul's sitting on the couch, like I said, just staring, like couldn't believe what had happened. Okay, I don't know how I killed my brother. I mean, I, I didn't realize. Oh, jeez, who would have thought that? Oh, so confused. So the officer's asking her for her driver's license and things like that. And the whole time she's got her ear cocked to the living room so she can hear the officers talking to Paul and asking Paul questions. And she is constantly interjecting, cutting Paul off and saying stuff like, I think the officer asked him, you know, when's the last time you talked to your brother? And Paul was like thinking and Shonda interjects and she's like, oh, he never talked to him. They don't ever talk. You know, they're just typical teenagers and he wasn't aware of what was going on. And did you know, did you notice that he was on a hunger strike, Paul? Did I, did I tell you he was on a hunger strike? You know, things like that. That I would have pulled her ass away back. Look, we need to go talk <sighs> somewhere else. They should have separated him. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't. And he's above 18, so he doesn't need his mommy in there. It was almost like she was blaming him for not paying attention to the condition that his brother was in. This is definitely not her fault. It's everybody else's fault. Oh, um, she is mother of the year. Everything about the situation was suspicious, and the officers called Shonda and Paul in for questioning. But Shonda had already obtained an attorney, so she could not be questioned. Paul, however, did not have an attorney, and that motherfucker sang like a canary. You think she would have lawyered him up, too? You would think. She was smart. She was very smart. Not smart enough. She knows the law. During Paul's investigation, he was sitting upright in the chair at the station in the interrogation room with his knees pulled up to his chest, feet on the chair, looking sad and scared. Like, he, he was all curled up in the chair. It was like a... There has to be something wrong with him, too. The most too. abnormal, awkward body posture ever when you're being questioned by the police. Like, you're just trying to curl up and disappear. So, 
for 30 minutes, he talked about how controlling his dad was and how great his mom was, how his dad was always wrong about everything he told the kids about Shonda and that they truly loved Timothy and only wanted to teach him a lesson. Although the lessons weren't working and he was confused as to why they even continued the punishments or lessons. There had to be... There's like got to be a disconnect in his brain because there's no way that mm-hmm. he thought this was helping his mm-hmm. brother. Yeah. Paul explains that Shonda found Timothy that morning and that he was never in the bed and that he died in the closet and they moved him out of it. He goes on to tell that they did try to resuscitate him and you can hear this over the 911 call. And Paul was really desperate. On the 911 call, he was desperate to bring him back. He said that his breath was horrible and his mouth was still wet, so he thought they actually had a chance to bring him back to life. Why would that make him think he had a chance to bring him back? Because he's Paul. Yeah. I don't know. I guess because his mouth was wet, like maybe he thought dead people had to be dried out. I I don't know. If you wish hard enough, Paul, he'll come back to life. Hmm. I don't think so. That's not how this works. That's Uh -uh. not how any of this works. I think when he started to see that white light, he was grabbing it. Oh, yeah. He's running. Yeah. I'll play some of the highlights of Paul's interrogation. Fair warning, it's about 14 minutes long. So if you want to move fast forward, (laughs) please do so. I just pulled out what I thought was the most disturbing for this audio, removed some empty space for time constraints. It's certainly not the full interrogation, but I'll link it in the references so you can go check the whole thing out if you wish to do so. That's real nice of you. And, and I'm not trying to get to the truth of what really happened with your brother because he deserves that. Um, I mean, there's clearly a lot of messages about stuff that you guys are doing with him about what he's eating, about restricting his food. How does that, how does that all work? We stopped the food restrictions recently because we had noticed just then we wanted to get that back on. We didn't want any of this. We never wanted him to be injured or hurt. I loved him so much. Yeah, I can tell that. I can certainly tell that. When you say we, you're talking about your mother. And yes, she uh, she loved him. We wanted what's best. Yeah. The thing is, he was stuck in the past. So you stopped the food restriction. When did that kind of happen? Like ballpark that for me. Two weeks, approximately. We, we were hoping that we could get enough where it would be safe and that we could continue to add it back to where we wouldn't have to worry and we could... What were the, what were the restrictions? We made sure that it was still something that gave him enough calories and everything we it was rice or bread and like i said last week he got pizza okay what were the what were they in place for like in the first place sneaking food over and over and over uh, we we've tried everything we were nice we tried different consequences but he just okay. he never listened what were some of the other types of consequences we did take away his devices okay because that was also because he wouldn't stay on his school sites and would just go and try and play games or watch YouTube. Okay. I saw on your phone that you had sent a, a couple pictures to your mom. Yes. Pretty skinny, and you said, you know, hey, he's nothing but skin. Yeah, I was, I was very concerned. It just... Yeah, what? Do you think that maybe would be the time to take him to the doctor, or...? Yeah, honestly, that probably would have been one, too. I just... I don't know. And then you sent a picture of, like, his legs that were just... Basically gone, right? So yeah, I know you can't stand or something along the line. Yeah, but the thing is, before yesterday and I think the day before, he could walk. He might need a little support every so often, like he put his hand against the wall or grabbed the rail of the stairs. 
But after a couple of seconds, he let go and be fine. Okay. It was never anything major. Yeah. When was like the last time he was really like talking to you, like able to have a conversation or at least try to have a conversation? Last time he actually talked was three days ago, but the day before, or the day after that, the day before yesterday, you could talk, a, he talked a small amount in the morning, but then he just sort of was making groans and moans, and it concerned me. I was, as my mother was driving me to work, I, I recommended that maybe we should take him to the hospital. Uh, he, he'd been taking a bath, okay. and... I went in there to check on him at one point, and he's just kind of laying there. I'm like, bud, you okay? He didn't respond, but he was looking around, so, he, he, and he was breathing, I know that much. Yeah. But he wasn't talking at that time? No, and it, 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 it started to concern me. I te- I'm not sure if I texted Mama about it or not. Well, you sent a picture to her. Yeah, I probably should have said something about the ER at that point, though. Well, I certainly not stupid. You have to think about it like this, right? She, she's a grown adult, and if she, she sees that, that's not all on you, right? You you made, from what I see, you made numerous attempts to say, we need to do something different about this. Yeah. We, need to, we can't keep doing this thing. I know she's a good person, but I just... And it's not a problem. I don't think, I don't know if this is both of our faults, if we should have done something sooner. I know we both could have. Yeah. You say he was in the bath. That wasn't a nice, enjoyable bath, though, right? That was a punishment bath, right? That's a cold, ice-cold bath. When he's getting these ice baths, I know there's numerous of them, right? I mean, because I've read through the messages. Yes. How, how are we getting the ice? Like, where's it coming from? We have an ice machine upstairs. Yeah. But whose idea was to give him a cold bath as a punishment? It was my mother's. Yeah. I... What did he do on that day that he sent the photo that made you have to give him a cold bath? Um... I think it was that he not only peed, but also pooped. And at the end, my mother wasn't too happy because it absolutely reeked. Yeah. Did, where did he sleep most of the nights in that closet? Yes. Yes. We made sure that it was cleaned. He had a mattress in there, but then he decided to rip off the uh, plastic cover we put on there to keep it from getting smelly and yeah. disgusting. There's an alarm on the door. Is that so? What's that for? When he would try and sneak, because if you notice, there was also one in the garage door. That was also because, yeah, there's some food in there that he would try and sneak. Right. And it wasn't just that he was hungry at some points for those. It was that he wanted something sweet. Right. And, yeah, at times he would be taking stuff that was going to have plans for food, actual food. Yeah, I agree. I see exactly what you're saying. There's the tarp in there, that's just to pretend. What was that for? That was after we... I think we'd gone to like three plastic covers that he had shredded. Yeah. Before we decided to put down the tarp. And honestly, I had expected him to complain. But... This restriction of food, he talked about bread. For how long was he eating just bread? A week or two. What was he eating before that? we do ramen, sandwiches. And I think at some points, we actually give him, like, a meal. Uh, and so, whose idea was it for him to just eat bread? Is that your idea? No. Whose idea was that? Mother's. Tell me about the hot sauce. I know that that was used as both a punishment and it was put on the bread. Was it always on the bread? Not always, no. But the thing is, it still hardly did anything for him. 
there would be times where it would do something for me because I'd accidentally rub my eye after I put it on there. It was out. Whenever my mother told me to put hot sauce on it, I did. It was normally a thin layer to make sure this it wouldn't be too much. California Reaper is two million scoville. What does that mean? It's heat index. That's pretty high? Very. I know it was punishment, but honestly, I don't think it was that useful because, like I said, he had no feeling in his tongue. He, was he eating the spread of the hot sauce, or was he? Yeah, he was. Is that really the only things he had to eat those days, or would he get other things to eat? From the bread and rice, other than that, not that I know of. Tell me about the handcuffs. We would have him against the wall at some points, and he would try to move. And at one point, we'd actually put motion sensors on him to stop that. But on him himself? Yeah, like, they were vibrator. They would sense any sort of vibrations. Yeah. But the thing is, he'd learned to trick them by moving so slow yeah. that it wouldn't set off. So you'd get away with stuff. Okay. So, so he was punished by trying to make it stand. But then he would lay down. Did you guys ever wake him up on purpose because he wasn't supposed to be sleeping? Yeah, and we also know one thing about him was that if he slept during the day, he was going to be up all night. Okay. So you wouldn't let him sleep during the day, essentially? If he wanted maybe an hour long or two hour nap, we would. But anything longer, we knew that it would start screwing with his actual sleeping. She never did any of this to be harsh. Was, listen, I'm, I'm in no way questioning whether you're not cared or any of those things. I'm not. But the reality is we, we just have to talk about how we got to this point yeah. and how these decisions were made. So I, I think I don't want you to think that. I also did stop the leg cuffs, yeah. I think, a while ago because we noticed that his ankles were swelling. When you talked to the police, you know, you said he was on his bunk bed, right? Yeah. But that's not the truth. No. There's all these things where you're like, she didn't want to seem like this. She didn't want to seem like this. She didn't want to seem like this. Did you know that it all seems like that, right? Yes, I know. It does. And, and he clearly was neglected because he died from it, right? The reality is that he was. That's why we're here talking today. He was very much neglected. She had asked you to put hot sauce on his private parts. Did she that? She asked, but I never did. I never you did. You did that? No. Okay. And she had asked you to put hot sauce directly into his mouth. Did you do that? Yes. Is that is that on the fifth, the day kind of leading up to all this stuff? Yeah. And she thought the whole unresponsive was an act. She thought it was an act. Which is really very clearly the weather thing. Yeah. I know she doesn't want to be the bad guy. She never wanted this. We we loved him so much. And just I don't think it's about I don't think it's about love at this point. I think it's about not knowing what to do, not knowing how to handle the situation. You keep saying love, love. Do you feel like this was love? That he's dead now because he couldn't eat food? Does that feel like love to you? No. He's dead because he couldn't eat. No. And I don't know anybody that thinks that's love. What I think is happening is your mom convinced you that she's this perfect person and she's asking you to do all these things that are literally killing your brother. I know she's not perfect. How's that love? How is love? How is love ice baths? How is love handcuffing and how is love restricting movement? And how is love hot sauce in the mouth and only eating bread? Like what if you're what if you only got to eat bread? How would you feel? What if you only got to eat bread with hot sauce? Would you eat? No. You're pretty skinny already. It wouldn't take you this, long. This is this is my natural weight. I have an overactive metabolism. But it wouldn't take you long. 
to be very much skin and bones if all you got to eat was bread and hot sauce because how could you eat it? And how could you feel good about eating it? Was he throwing up stuff that he was eating? Forcefully, he would force himself to, to get it back up. Right, like recently in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he would force himself, honestly. You ever think it's because maybe it was painful? It's hot sauce. It's not like that just goes away. I do know that my mother, she's not perfect, but she's not a bad person. We were, we, do you know, can I ask you this? Do you know of any good people who starve their child to death? Tell me about one that you know. That's a child who has a lot of problems, right? That's not a child that's taking care of themselves. They can't take care of themselves because you guys are restricting where he can go and what he can do. And if he does something wrong, you're punishing him by giving him ice baths and hot sauce and only feeding him bread. How is that a loving person? How is that a loving mother? You know what that sounds like to me? And honestly, the worst mother I've ever met in my entire life is what it sounds like to me. I know, but she's not. Maybe she wasn't to you. Maybe she was a good mother to you. And maybe she wasn't to Gabriel. It sounds like she's a very good mother to Gabriel. But to one of the three children, she didn't care. She you didn't say it. You can say it if you want. She, she starved him to death because he wouldn't stop taking food. Well, maybe he's taking food because he wants to live. This isn't an accident. This didn't just happen. Your mom knew exactly what was happening to him, that he was wasting away. You saw it happening right in front of you. It was never intentional. From your, from, for you or for her? Is she smart or is she not smart? She's highly intelligent. Then how is this not intentional? She thought, well, what did she think was going to happen then? He was just going to be good? And all of a sudden he was going to start behaving and doing everything she said because she didn't feed him food? What did she think was going to happen? I don't know. I don't know. Exactly what happened is what she thought was going to happen. At some point he wasn't going to wake up. She never wanted him dead. She loved him. That's love to you? Everything that we talked about is love? I... <laughs> How? Who do you love in your life? My family. Have you ever thought about starving them? No, of course. Have you ever thought about not giving them food as a punishment? No, of course. Have you ever thought about giving them hot sauce so that they would listen? No. Or that they would do what was told? You somehow don't think those things are okay. Do you think those things are okay? No. Because everybody knows they're not, except the smartest woman in the room. You're joking, right? The smartest woman in the room is the one that doesn't know you can't do those things. No, it's all very intentional. The smartest woman in the room knows. She graduated secondary class from law school. She graduated with honors from college and from law school. But she doesn't know that not giving your kid food is going to make him sick and die. All right, so that was Paul being interrogated. So Paul saying, you know... Of course, he's going to go over with the detective, like all the food restrictions and things like that. Kelly, he was nice to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, what more do you need to listen to? We were nice. We tried to get him to stop. That's about all we did. Yeah. <laughs> like, I couldn't think of anything else. And we after nice. the first 30 minutes, then we decided to starve him to death. So, I mean, yeah. I guess that was still nice, right? Um. What exactly is the definition of nice? In their minds, yeah. <laughs> and what about having nothing left, no meat, no muscle? I didn't even know your body could eat ligaments. Like, I've yeah. never heard of that. That has to be, like, hardcore starvation. Yeah. 
the autopsy showed that he barely had any ligaments left on his body. He certainly had no meat on his body. He was literally just skin and bone. Poor baby. So you're going to tell me that, yeah, he had trouble. You know, he needed to support himself standing up, you know, the first couple of minutes that he was walking, but then he walked fine. Yeah. Don't think so. It's kind of hard to believe, Paul. I don't think so, Paul. I don't think he and actually but, walked. I don't think you let him out the closet. And then he said it's no, it was no big deal after that. It, I mean, he got used to having no ligaments. was fine. And also, like, the talking. Like, he wasn't talking. He was mostly just moaning and making noises. And That's what perfectly healthy people do. Right? I agree. Honestly, if I was Timothy, I wouldn't want to talk to him at all. <laughs> Ever. I know. But I guess if, you know, him and that bitch of a mom he had were the only people that he ever saw you need some type of human interaction i wonder if he really you know like autistic children aren't really aware of circumstances and things like that so he probably really still loved paul and his mom that makes me mad makes me mad too did he know that he was being abused did he think that he was a bad boy did he not really understand the whole concept he really didn't know much else of what a normal Life is supposed to be like. This is true. The worst wonderful mom of the year. <laughs> Y'all yes. like yours better. Sing it. You sing it. I don't want to sing Why? It. You sing good. Sing it. Sorry. <laughs> You're the worst wonderful mom of the year. Woo! Ding dong, Play ball! Ding dong. <laughs> Can you believe this boy just adores his mother so much? And he thinks that she's such a good person, always saying she never meant to do anything that would hurt him. She loves us. She loves us all. I don't understand how he didn't know what they were doing was wrong. Or, I mean, he might have. He, but well, how does he not? Like, I guess maybe it didn't register with, with him at that time because the detective does ask him, would you pour hot sauce down your little brother's throat? Anyone else in your family? And he was like, no. Would you, would you starve anyone else? Would you just give him bread and hot sauce? No. And he was like, you know this. He t- asked him, he said, you know this isn't right. And he said, I know. And he was like, I honestly don't remember why we continued it because the punishments never even worked. I don't even know why we kept doing it. What were they trying to punish him for? I guess stealing food and moving. Yeah. He wasn't allowed to move. And he broke the lock on the refrigerator. He broke the lock on the pantry. Because he was <laughs> freaking hungry. I mean, if it comes to that, you would think that that would be a light bulb moment. Like, huh. Yeah. He was hungry enough to come and break this lock and eat frozen food. Yeah. Maybe I should get my head out my ass. Yeah, right? And I get that he was taking food for meals and stuff. And I would freak out if, like, my kids went and got a whole chicken or... <laughs> Oh, God. Ground beef and ate it raw. You know, like he said, yeah. he did. Mm-hmm. And then, like I was saying before, because he's autistic, he doesn't really understand reasoning. Like, you can't just go and eat the pack of ground meat raw. You you know, we have to cook it. So Yeah, that makes me want to throw <laughs> up just thinking about it. I know. But maybe he was desperate. But he yeah, did that he... at his stepmom and, and dad's house. So, I don't know. Hmm. Maybe sure. he liked how it tasted. Maybe he did. Maybe he liked raw things. We don't know. After Paul's interrogation, which was very disturbing, Shonda's youngest son, G, was given an interview at the Child Abuse Council in Muskogon concerning the death of his brother, Timothy. G stated that his brother, Timothy, is a bad boy. He is only allowed to eat plain bread or bread with hot sauce. Mama got motion detectors and cameras to stop Timothy from eating and drinking. 
Timothy gets punished for sneaking food and water and for talking to, I don't know, this was like on a a document and it was redacted. So I don't know who he gets in trouble for talking to. How old is G? So I think he was around seven or eight. So he also said for punishment, he gets hot sauce or timeout. When he's in timeout, mama gives him a little bit of water, but mama makes him dump most of it out. What? So he wasn't even getting water. Why? Why would she make him dump it out? Because she's an evil biatch. The timeout pose was facing the wall with his hands behind his head. G said he had to do this in his small room, the closet. G said that Timothy got in trouble so he could no longer sleep in his bed. He had to sleep in the small room and there was no light in the small room. G said, Mama has put leg and arm cuffs on Timothy before today, and she uses them anytime she wants. He also said that Mama is the only one allowed to give Timothy punishments. Paul gets really angry at Timothy, and it scares him. But Paul isn't in charge unless Mama is at work. Paul has to ask Mama to give permission to give Timothy punishments. Sounds like a prison. Uh, Exactly. G believes that some of their punishments made Timothy die. Oh, my God. Isn't that horrible? That is. That's so horrible. Hard to believe at seven or eight years old that he didn't realize what they were doing to Timothy was wrong. Like, you'd think if he was around friends or teachers or anything like that, that he would say something, and they would be like, what? That No, that's not normal. That's not right. supposed to happen. That's not how you treat humans. Except he was homeschooled as well. Oh. And I think, actually, Shonda hid... Timothy from G's grandparents that would come over or whatever. Maybe they didn't go over as often as they maybe should have. So people didn't even know about him. There's a lot of people that didn't know he even existed. Oh my gosh. All right. So then Adam Vander Ark, which was Shonda's husband that had the stroke, gave a statement that Timothy did not exhibit any behavioral issues out of the ordinary for a teenage boy. That Timothy would sneak food at odd hours in the morning. He never observed any physical altercations between Paul and Timothy, but they would occasionally argue. He was aware of Timothy's bladder issues, and he would wear an adult brief. Adam stated the last time he saw Timothy in March of 2022, he appeared to be healthy and did not appear to be malnourished. When Adam was living in the home, the residence was always clean and tidy, since he was the person in charge of the household chores. So when he left, nobody did the chores anymore? Right. (laughs) Well, remember, he also had a disability. I don't know if he worked or if he couldn't work. I guess he was a stay-at-home dad, you know? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. He might have had a job. But anyway, he was the one that cleaned the home. So obviously, when he left, it all went to Shiat because it was a porter's house. It was terrible. Adam was only aware of the one camera under the desk to ensure Timothy did his schoolwork. Adam was unaware of any locks on the cabinets, refrigerator, or freezer, unaware of any video surveillance or shackles or other forms of binding, and would not have condoned the use of any physical discipline. So there was a camera under his desk? There was a camera under the bunk bed. Oh, okay. The desk was under the bunk bed. So at one time, I suppose she used it for monitoring him, making sure he was doing his schoolwork. And then she added the others after Adam left the house. That just seems really crazy. Mm-hmm. And monitor everything you do. Pick That's... up that pencil. <laughs> <laughs> you spelled that wrong. 
Okay, so here's a kicker. Chelsea Calloway, Timothy's older stepsister on his father, Eric Ferguson's side. I believe she is the daughter of Timothy's stepmom, Trish. It's his stepsister. She went to NSPD to give a statement about Timothy. She stated that Shonda contacted Timothy's older brother, Nolan Ferguson, and told him that Timothy passed away in his sleep, and Nolan informed the rest of the family. And then she went on to describe the family dynamic. Chelsea said her mother, Patricia, Trish, raised Timothy from the age of two until he moved with Shonda in May of 2021, when Timothy was 14. Chelsea said that Timothy was severely autistic but high-functioning. He could take care of himself but did not like being touched, talked to, or loud noises. Eric and Trish had to put a lock on his closet door because he would often wake up and urinate in the closet. They didn't lock him in the closet. They just locked the closet so he wouldn't get up and urinate in the closet. Oof. Yeah, Yeah. wouldn't want to have to clean that up all the time. I know. She said he did that because he was scared of the bathroom, especially at night. Timothy was unable to understand simple concepts. Well, there you go. If you tried to explain to him why he couldn't do something, he would not understand. He would eat excessively, but didn't understand why it would make him sick. To manage these behaviors at home, Timothy was in therapy, received help from psychiatrists and from his school. They also had house rules and a reward system. There were never any food restrictions, and that Trish, her mom, went above and beyond for Timothy trying to help him. Chelsea said that Eric, his dad, was hardly in the picture because he worked all the time and would never help Trish. Oh, that's nice. Right? And Trish, by the time he was 14, was getting very overwhelmed and depressed and expressed it to Eric. And his solution was to send Timothy to live with Shonda. What a dick. Right? And shortly after that, I think they filed for a divorce. I think it was around June of 2022. So it wasn't long after Mm -hmm. he moved in over there in May of 2021. So Trish tries to tell her husband that she needs help and she's exhausted. And his solution is, oh, let's get rid of the kid. Send him to his mom's house. I'm not his dad. And let's not forget that Timothy often showed up to school when he lived with them in Oklahoma Filthy, dirty, had to take showers at school, you know. Oh, I did. Forgot about that part. Yeah, so I'm not sure if... This girl's telling the full truth. uh, Right, yeah. I mean, he never seemed... Like, he was in therapy. He was going to the doctors. He was taking medications. He was... You know, they were trying. But the dirty thing kind of... I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not sure how to feel about the whole thing. Yeah. So, I just believe everything that everybody says. I just assume they're being truthful. Well, this is probably what Chelsea saw when she lived there. And maybe she was already out of the house. I, I don't know her age. So maybe she was already out of the house by the time he was... No, because he was going to school when he was little dirty. Yeah. So I don't so, know. That doesn't hmm. make sense to me. Maybe she was young, too, and didn't realize how dirty he was. Yeah. Chelsea said she did not know how much Paul was involved in the situation, but was the biggest bully she has ever met in her life and found genuine joy in tormenting Timothy whenever possible. What? That kind of changes my mind about how much he was truly involved. And if he really, if he got any kicks out of it. She fully believed that if Paul was involved in this, that he was fully complicit on his part. She also said that Paul moved out of their house because he did not want to be an adult and he wanted everyone to take care of him. And that's exactly what Shonda did. 
She stated that Paul was not autistic and they were going to actually diagnose him as a psychopath, <gasps> but couldn't because he was underage. Oh my, who was going to diagnose him as a psychopath? I guess the psychiatrist or whatever that they were seeing. Oh my gosh. And it is true. I don't know if that's still a thing, but back then, if you're under the age of 18 or whatever, you can they cannot diagnose you as a psychopath. How is 18 the magic number? Like, oh, I you're 18 know. in one day? Maybe it's 16. You are a psychopath. But like even 16, like you're 16 in one day old. You're definitely a psychopath. Two days ago when you were 15 and 364 days. <laughs> you were days, fine yesterday. You what were the fine. Hell? I don't understand this. What happened? I know. Oh, gosh. Her final statement, <laughs> which was the biggest red flag of all, was that Chelsea stated that while Eric and Shonda were married, Eric had a vasectomy. I guess after Timothy was born, he was born with you know difficulties and all that. Maybe they decided no more kids. When the children were taken away, Shonda wanted Eric to reverse his vasectomy so they could just have more kids. Oh, my God. That's kind of like the office. What? Snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. <laughs> like, they took mine away. Can I just replace them? Come on, let's go have some sex, pop out a few more. I mean, I they're gone. I can have new ones. I think my last episode, she wanted him to reverse a vasectomy. The I last think one so. that I did, yeah. And the men were like, uh, no. Uh, you know what I had to yeah, do? Yeah, Diane Downs. She wanted Yes, she did. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Don't do it, guys. Don't. There's don't a reason it. you had one. Mm-mm. She just wanted to have more kids to replace the ones that were taken away. <laughs> when Eric refused, Shonda told her children they better get used to where they were because they were never coming home. So she wasn't like, she obviously didn't think she was doing anything wrong. I don't so. know how Chelsea knows this. Yeah, that's true. But this is what she Maybe told this is the what police. Eric said. Maybe Eric told his wife, Patricia. Shonda never completed her counseling to get her parental rights back in the state of Oklahoma to this day. <laughs> I'm not she's surprised. Still, well, she's in jail now. Kelly, so. she is the world's best mother. Yeah. So, I mean, she doesn't need classes. Yeah. She also said that while Eric and Shonda were married, Shonda was non-existent as a parent, and Nolan, the oldest son, took care of the children, while Shonda sat on the couch writing sex books. <laughs> when, when Chelsea was young, Shonda gave her a book about how she liked to be spanked as a kid. Oh my God. What? So let's... Merry don't, Christmas. Let's don't forget that Shonda and Chelsea's mom... Trish, we're friends, like like probably like you and I are friends. Oh my god! Like I'm not about to give Dex or. Uh, I wonder if like Drew. She, she wrapped it up for her birthday. Here you go. Maybe, maybe it was a Christmas present. I don't know. Yeah, we definitely wouldn't be friends anymore if you gave my kids. I don't think we should. Book. No, no, I would hope that we I would wouldn't. definitely keep that woman away from my children. My gosh, God. Okay, Pride so that was sex books. Yeah, her sex books. So I guess she was writing sex books, which kind of leads me to believe that maybe this is where Paul got all of his uh, ideas for... Oh, yeah, with him and his sister, His huh? abuse with Timothy. Or didn't two of their kids like... Paul and Timothy, Nolan and Millie. Oh, okay. The okay. oldest boy and the only daughter. Yeah. Ugh, this whole family. So I don't, I don't know. Mm-mm. And also their relationship, whenever, you know, her husband leaves, he has a stroke and he goes to live with his parents. What kind of relationship are they having? Because everything is, we tried to give him, you know, the best care. We tried to do this. We tried to do that. Like he's the dad. Yeah. I didn't even pick up on that. 
Yeah. And it's just weird. I mean, whenever you get married, it's supposed to be for better or worse. He had a stroke. You need to take care of him. He's your husband. Yeah. Why don't you move out of your rent house and go find another place? Yeah. Where he can live. I don't know. Maybe it was Adam's choice. Who knows? Maybe so. Who knows? Yeah, he probably didn't like... Well, I don't know. I'll say he didn't like how she was treating the kids, but he left his kid there, so... Well, I don't think he saw any of this. I don't think any of this happened until he left the house in January. Oh, okay. Yeah. He left in January of 2022 after his stroke. And he was already bound to a wheelchair, so... That sneaky After the stroke, he couldn't crawl up and down the stairs anymore. That's so sad, too, that he would go in his closet because he didn't know any better. Yeah. Because he was scared of the bathroom. Why was he scared of the bathroom? What was happening in the bathroom? Yeah, and that was with Eric and Trish. Right. But maybe Paul was abusing him in the bathroom. Oh, maybe so. I hope people in prison know what you did, Paul. Oh, I'm sure Paul is a piece of candy. <laughs> a co-worker, Nicole Nemsick, called in to report Shonda's ongoings at work with the Nuego County Courts. She explained that she had numerous problems with Shonda because she was not professional while she was working. Shonda would always be on her phone or laptop when she was supposed to be doing her work while court was in session. You think she was writing sex books on her phone? She might have been. <laughs> she said that her, one of her co-workers reported to her that Shonda had been on her phone because she was monitoring her children and would often start yelling at her kids over the phone when she saw them leaving their room. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So police already had an idea of what was going on, but after the autopsy came back, stating Timothy died of malnourished and hypothermia. Oh, God. That's got to be a horrible How way to die. How do you die of hypothermia in, in your own home? I know. Obviously, it was ice baths, but I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. How many ice baths does it take? And how long do you have to be in that ice bath? Well, he bath? was in there nine and a half hours. Oh, okay. Yeah, so a pretty long time. But he, I guess he had no muscle, no fat, no nothing to absorb the Yeah, he had nothing to help warm him up. Yeah. Oh, God, that's sickening. After Paul's interrogation and numerous statements from siblings, teachers, psychologists, and G and Adam. I like how everybody's coming out now to tell him what happens. Well, yeah. Probably almost like you know something's wrong, but you can't really... Pinpoint it because she stayed away from everybody the whole time that he was there. Oh, yeah, because you even said that some of the people didn't even know he existed. Right. So they're coming out now saying that, you know, what they witnessed before is that he was a sweet kid. He was a normal boy. Even her husband, Adam, was like, he was no different than any other teenager. Yeah, he had his problem with autism, but... All teenagers have problems. Yeah, it wasn't anything significant. Lord have mercy. Paul Ferguson, who was 19 when Timothy died, has pleaded guilty to first-degree child abuse for his role in the mistreatment and testified against his mother. He is scheduled to be sentenced February 26, 2024. Ooh, coming up. Coming up, Bubba. Shonda was charged on July the 8th, 2022 with first-degree murder and first-degree child abuse. So Paul got less charges because he testified against his mom? Yes, exactly. Uh, Okay. I was kind of wondering, but yeah, that makes sense. They dropped the first-degree murder on his behalf. And there were tons of text messages. How do y'all have that much time to text? (laughs) In the short time. He moved there in May, and he died died 14 months later. Golly. Shonda Hitler Vander Ark's <laughs> trial started December 13th, 2023, and she was convicted on December 21st. Good job. Yep. 
When Shonda took the stand, her attorney, Mr. Johnson. Oh, my God. I can't believe they let her take the stand. He let her take the stand. It was a mistake. You can actually go watch some of that footage. And her facial expressions are just like... (laughs) I've seen memes of her already. (laughs) (laughs) They're all over the page. She cannot... She would not be able to hide her expressions very well. No good poker face. (laughs) No, definitely not a poker face. Mr. Johnson questioned why Timothy wasn't enrolled in school and why didn't he receive any medical treatment. She said she asked her ex-husband, Eric, to transfer the legal custody, but he never did. So he couldn't go to school or receive any medical care. She requested Timothy's medical card, but Eric never sent that either. Then she stated that she tried to enroll Timothy in Norton Shore High School, but his high school in Oklahoma wouldn't transfer his records due to a balance on Timothy's account from a broken Chromebook. Due to this, she enrolled Timothy in homeschool. G was also homeschooled. Kind of feel like it didn't matter if he did send all that stuff to her because she had no legal parenting rights over him. She gave up her rights. Right. I mean, but I never had to really show any proof that I was their mother if I had the school had their birth certificate already. So if they would have just transferred all of his information, you just go in there and, you know, I'm his mom. I need to enroll him in school. To me, you would have a harder time trying to get your kid out of school. Yeah. Unenrolled. Then you would have to provide all not to put a kid in school where that's sometimes, sadly, the only times they get a meal or attention or love. Yeah. So I, I think that's all a bunch of BS. And why didn't you follow up with Eric? Yeah, like... When he didn't send all that. Which, by the way, he also had a stroke. And he moved to Florida with his parents. Okay, so people can't be around this bitch. Yeah, like she's she causing strokes, strokes everywhere. Like, she's giving me a stroke personally. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I feel like I had a small one. I have a tiny first aid kit in my purse if anything happens. I'll put a Band-Aid on you. Do you have a defibrillator? <laughs> I have a Band-Aid. I have an alcohol swab. That's not going to cut it. (sighs) Anyway, also, how was she homeschooling with her full-time job? She wasn't doing her full-time job because she was always on her phone monitoring Timothy. But how did she homeschool G, who is eight? I didn't even think of that. When you're not ever home. When you're not home to do that. how? And Lord knows you don't want Paul homeschooling him. Unless maybe Adam did it. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, God. All right, so Shonda stated that they sent Timothy to her with a gallon Ziploc bag of medications, (laughs) but she couldn't refill them due to not having his insurance information to get him to the doctor. How far away did she live from? She lived in Michigan. Okay. And Eric, the dad, was living in Oklahoma. Okay, I mean, if he was using... And eventually moved to Florida. If he's using, like, a common, like, Walgreens or CVS to fill his medication, she could have just had the prescriptions transferred over. Exactly. And it would have given her a little bit of time before she had to bring him to another doctor. Right, they're not going to call CPS, like... No, I mean, and they don't even ask for your ID unless it's, like, uh, narcotics or something. Right. And I doubt very seriously he was on any type of narcotic for whatever he was on medication for. Yeah, that kept him level. Yeah, I'm, I just I don't believe that for a minute. And Mm-mm. even if it did require a license, they don't. I need your license and birth certificate of this child to make sure that you're his actual guardian. Like exactly, they don't need that. Right, it's not and that she hard. She could have actually gotten a copy of his birth certificate if she needed that. Yeah, 
which is what the school would have needed. But you know what? It sounds like everybody's just freaking lazy here. Yeah, it's like, like, oh, it's too hard to do that. I really don't want to dial those seven numbers and talk to anybody at Walgreens. We'll just homeschool you, okay? (sighs) It's fine. You don't need medicine. Mm -mm. No, they were going to try to adjust his medication on their own because when they gave it to him, he was a zombie, and it was just horrific. That's what she said. Huh. He was basically a zombie when, right before he died. Yeah. Like, how is this any different There's than giving him medication? Left to him. This bitch. I don't like her. Paul was also on numerous medications when he moved up there. Her thoughts were that her husband's answers to all their problems was just to medicate them. So she adjusted Paul's medicines. Oh, God. As well. like, Dr. Yeah. Shanda. Or Shonda. What the hell's her name? Shonda? Shonda. But it is spelled Shanda. Dr. Shithead. Dr. Shithead. <laughs> I like that. So, Shitta stated that after her husband, Adam's stroke, he lost his job and they were struggling financially. Then, oh, so I guess he was working. So, how is G be- being homeschooled? <laughs> so, since they were struggling financially, she asked Paul to start helping out with bills and groceries. Mr. Johnson asked why the monitors were in place. She said that Timothy was constantly taking things apart, like batteries, toys, even the water heater. He disconnected the gas pipe, which is kind of dangerous. Yeah. So she put the monitors in place for safety purposes. Did she ever think to, you know, maybe just get rid of the tools? Put the tools up somewhere he can't reach or can't find them? Probably not. It's a hard pass. Yeah. So what struck me as odd is that Shonda was describing her work hours, like 12 hours a day, struggled with insomnia. Yes, okay. girl. <laughs> yes, girl. We know. We, we know. No. Her attorney asked her, what effects does insomnia have on a person? She responded, seemingly proud to be so smart and know this answer. It limits your ability to think clearly. Your energy level is greatly reduced, takes longer to process things, and you forget things. Thanks, WebMD. Yeah. Did she think that Timothy was incapable of suffering the effects of insomnia? I don't think she was She didn't think thinking anything, of anything about Timothy. I'm pretty sure she didn't even know what insomnia meant until right before this trial. And the the <laughs> lawyer Googled was it. like, Google this. Okay, word for word. What does it say? Hello, WebMD. You Googled it wrong. Hang on. Let me send you the link. Mm-hmm. All throughout her examination on the stand, Shonda stated that she didn't remember sending texts to Paul, giving orders for punishments to Timothy. 2,000 pages of text messages. She couldn't remember any of them. And her response was, I believe you, sir. If that's what you're saying, the text message says, then I believe you. slap her. Right? Yes, sir. You don't remember? (sighs) Hey, you're not supposed to lie on the stand. But she remembers everything her attorney was asking. Mind is sharp as a tack. She probably pulled her hand out. The answer is yes. Oh, I'm sorry. This is Jeopardy. What is yes? What is yes? I put leg cuffs on him. What is yes? I starved him to death. Yes. Hang on. She like pulled her skirt up. She had shit written down on her leg. Mm -hmm. Donda said the leg irons were ordered and paid for by Paul under her Amazon account and that she never used them on Timothy. Never noticed any bruising on wrists or ankles on Timothy. Now, let me... Okay, so, so what was she using these cups so for Paul's, that she had pulled by? In Paul's interrogation, he just said matter-of-factly, you know, because a detective asked him, I don't think I included that in the 15-minute yeah, audio Yeah, I'm pretty sure there was a lot of that that had to be cut out. Yeah, there was so much. It was like two hours of interrogation. So 
the detective asked, you know, where did you find these leg irons, the shackles and the zip ties and the handcuffs? He said on Amazon. Man, you really can't get anything on Amazon. You really can. (laughs) He was like on my mom's Amazon account. And he said, I paid for it, but she would always pay me back. Like she was so good about that. And now she's trying to throw it on him saying that (laughs) he ordered them and he paid for them. I mean, this is definitely on him. She told him to get them. I mean, what? What does the Amazon person think when they're putting leg shackles in that box to ship yeah, it off to you? It depends on what else is in there. <laughs> when do you call the popo? Oh, no. Like, what throws up a red flag? Is it zip tie handcuffs and leg shackles put together? Duct tape, or tarps. Like, yeah, like Clorox. A and, yeah, like, Come on. Chloroform. <laughs> I honestly would like to work at a, an Amazon warehouse to see some of the shit that's purchased together. <laughs> that goes in one box. Yeah. They're like, oh, this person is up to no good. (laughs) This does not seem good. When cross-examined, Shonda conveniently only remembers what she knows will reflect in a positive light on her. When the prosecutor asked why she vomited after seeing images of Timothy while on the stand, because she did, they put the pictures of Timothy on the stand in front of her and she threw up. Like, had to grab the trash can and puke. But prior to that, she had seen the same photographs, and she never threw up. And she replied with, I gagged, but it wasn't as bad as now. Now, come on. Yeah. To me, it would be worse. It would be worse in person. In the first, like, the first times that you actually see the photographs, that's when you're going to, like, throw up. But she had no reaction when they showed her the photographs and videos. You know, she was just like, meh. I wonder if she can throw up on cue. I bet she can. I bet she trained Tuesday, herself. Tuesday, I was feeling cute. Didn't want to mess up my Didn't outfit. Didn't want to mess up my makeup. Yeah. <sighs> when he asked her how could she not have noticed the condition that he was in, she said when Timothy was undressed, she would look away because she thought it was inappropriate to look at her 15-year-old son. Yet she pulled him out of the tub naked, dragged him to the closet. It was probably also but, inappropriate to give a sex book that you wrote to your stepdaughter. Highly inappropriate. <laughs> Pretty sure you did a lot of inappropriate yeah. things. And she sure did give him a lot of ice baths. And she sure had a, a, a surveillance camera in the bathroom. That's weird. And removed the shower curtain. So That's real weird. She could see what was going on. Do they have more than one bathroom? Could she watch everybody in there? She could watch anybody in there. Like she they- had a ba- I think she had a bathroom upstairs. Because, I mean, like, she was watching Paul and G2. Could be. That's weird. Could be. Uh, who knows? With this psycho bitch hoodlum. She also told the officers at the scene that she noticed he was skinny, so that night she gave him a slice of bread with butter on it, but he only ate three-fourths of it. That is so thoughtful. It, but I think it's a lie. <laughs> yeah. He was not. She pulled him out of the tub to the closet she never gave that boy bread. I mean, if you're going to lie about it, why wouldn't you be like, I gave him a cheeseburger. I, mm-hmm. I gave him a piece of bread with butter. What? Right, yeah, because that's that's the nutrition he's probably yeah, lacking. He definitely needs that. Apples, oranges, screw that. Butter. Bread and butter. Thank God it wasn't the hot sauce again. <sighs> no, I didn't want to hurt his stomach. Mm-mm. Thank you, Shanda. Oh, Shanda, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. She uh, she drug him to the closet from the tub, threw the tarp at him, and called him pathetic. I hate her. Yeah. 
She sent a text to Paul around 11 p.m. the night before he died, or we think the night before he died. He might have died in the tub. They don't really know. But anyway, at 11 p.m., she sent a text to Paul while Paul was at work. The prosecutor asked Shonda to read the text since she had no recollection of the text. And it read, Please set your alarm for 6 a.m. I ended up dragging him back to his small room because I wasn't going to risk him having access to the tub or other things overnight. He's still trying to be stupid. Talking about the non-responsiveness, right? But I will tell you more tomorrow while I take you to work, describing how many different ways I proved that he's still faking. <laughs> he's still doing it, though. It's beyond ridiculous. Oh, my God. Did she really have to specify that she put him in the small room? Like, Yeah. We know yeah. at this point what room you're talking about, Mom. We all know. Yeah. I had to put him in the small room. Wink, wink. Like, <laughs> it, it was that one time she had to put him in there, right? Yeah. This has never happened before. Mm-hmm. Just so you know where he is when mm-hmm. you get home. <sighs> Don't like you, Shonda Hitler. <laughs> Shitler. <laughs> Shitler. Yeah, that's a good one for her. Yeah. Oh, Shitler Vander Ark. That's what we should call her. <laughs> Shitler Vander Ark. <laughs> Hope you're getting raped in jail. <laughs> she probably likes it. I wonder if they have sporks in jail, like a spoon and a fork. <laughs> <laughs> random fancy it was it was a little random (laughs) (laughs) anyway like i said before when the prosecutor asked she couldn't remember anything and i'm just so thankful that there were so many texts and so many people to come in and speak their part about what prior accounting of timothy because without all that they really might not know if Timothy did go on hunger strikes, or yeah, did, you know, so they wouldn't know that he was normal at one point until right. his, he started living with his mother. Just go off the word of Paul and Shonda, yeah. Okay, it's basically, with all of those text messages, I feel like they had a play-by-play of exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. So, oh, Mr. Johnson, the attorney for Shonda, Margaret, Adolf, Bender, Ark, <laughs> <laughs> at forty-four maintained that she was an excellent student who put herself through college and law school after growing up in the face of physical and sexual abuse at the hands of her father and later stepfather. Yet somehow, Shonda was unaware of the damage she was causing because something broke in her mentally. This case makes no sense to anybody, her attorney said. He said that she and her son Paul did not intend to kill Timothy. They didn't know the damage they were causing until it was too late. Oh, shit, mama. (laughs) All right, so, yeah, so they didn't know the damage they were causing until it was too late, really? Seriously? You don't know that you're starving somebody to death? Yeah, I can't, like, put her as a good student and her as a shitty mom as the same person. Why would you even say that? Why is that relevant? Yeah, like, that has nothing to do with being a mother. I'm pretty sure Ted Bundy and Israel Keys were really nice to their neighbors and stuff, and they still went around murdering people. Oh, yikes. Like, just because you're good at school doesn't mean you're not a psychopath. I know. That's kind of worse, though, right? Because it proves how smart she was. Yeah. And then you're going to turn around and say she had no idea? Look, she graduated second in her class in law school. Yeah. But she didn't know that not feeding her 15-year-old for two weeks would kill him. Like, Oh, no. 
This is shocking. Feeding rice and bread only will kill somebody eventually? Oh, no. I thought I was giving my child good nutritional food. Yeah, like with lots of calories. Put butter on there. (laughs) God, and hot sauce. Don't forget the hot sauce. Oh, yes. Because peppers are actually really good for you. Probably not in that quantity, I would think. Oh, are you serious? They really are very good for you. I like mm-hmm. banana peppers and bell peppers. Mm-hmm. It's a hot pepper. Oh, no, but I don't like those. Cayenne. <laughs> Cayenne. Of course, it's the ones I don't like that are good for you. Yeah, I know. Mm. It it's boosts spicy. that metabolism. It's spicy. It's spicy. It does boost your metabolism, yes. And then your body just like is on fire, burning all them Ooh. calories. Okay. Two of Timothy's siblings, Millie Joan Ferguson and Eric Nolan Ferguson Jr., who goes by Nolan, spoke on Timothy's behalf on Tuesday. Millie said, I like to say I don't regret things in my life, that every mistake I've made has made me who I am today. But when Timothy died, I couldn't stop regretting. I regret not hugging him more and teasing him so much instead of telling him that I loved him every once in a while. I regret not putting aside my differences with Shonda and Paul. She didn't even call her mom mom. Mm-mm. Just to check on him, she said. She didn't have a relationship with her mom or Paul. And she regrets that because it it made her not check in on Timothy to see how he was doing. Can you blame her, though? Like, who would want to have a relationship with those two? I know. She said, there's no fixing what's been done, no way to redo it all over again. And that's my regret, that I couldn't protect him when he needed me most. She continued to say that she wanted Shonda to receive the highest punishment possible. She said, I want her detained for the rest of her life so she can't hurt anyone else. And I want the world to know that Timothy was wanted. If not by her, then me. He was loved by me. That was sweet. Nolan, his oldest brother, said, I've had to leave my career behind. My wife has to watch helplessly as I struggle day in and day out, wondering how none of us knew what was going on, wondering if I told Tim Tim. I loved him enough times for him to remember up until the very end. If I can't have my brother back, Shonda shouldn't have her freedom back. (laughs) And lastly, I want everyone to know, to those who knew him, even that wouldn't feel like justice because the life of one sweet little blue-eyed boy is not equivalent to that of a murderer. Prosecutor Matt Roberts told the judge that he made it a point to stand by the sibling's side as they delivered their victim impact statements. He said that Shonda never looked up at her children, Millie or Nolan, as they spoke. Like, she never even looked at her kids. So she didn't even acknowledge them. No. He argued that she had stopped thinking of her children as human. They are not people to her, he said. I'm sure her completely ignoring her own children really did a lot for her in the jury's eyes. Mm -hmm. So Shonda declined to speak when asked. So usually after people give their victim impact statements, the defendant has an opportunity to speak, to apologize to the family, to, you know, whatever. She said nothing. Of course she didn't. So Judge Casel denied that this was negligence or anything of the sort. He said, you, Mrs. Vander Ork, intentionally engaged in these acts. This wasn't negligence. Are you not understanding what was going on? You intentionally did this with a goal. And I think Mr. Johnson's correct. I don't think there was an intent to kill here because you would have lost the very thing that you wanted to torture. Without him, you have no one to torture except maybe the younger children. 
You testified yourself how incredibly intelligent you were. In fact, that's the only thing you testified that I believe was true. (laughs) You were incredibly proud of that, boasting about it. People know what you are. People know what you did. Timothy won, said Judge Casel. You didn't win because justice in this case prevailed. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. He read those rights, baby. Mm -hmm. Her sentencing took place on January the 29th, 2024. Shonda Vander Ark was sentenced to life without parole and an additional 50 to 100 years. What? Yes. 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 Timothy won. Timothy won. And the picture that he showed while he was given this statement was the one where he was alive. And he said, I prefer to show this picture right here of this little boy. This is how I want him to be remembered with his eyes full of life. And you took that from him. He said, I refuse to think of him as looking like a Holocaust victim. Damn. He really gave it to her. Good. Yeah. They need more judges like that. They do. So that is the sad, sad story about Timothy Ferguson. That's real Shonda, messed up. Shonda, <laughs> Hitler, Vander Park. Sorry this was another long one, but uh, no, I'm not sorry. No, I don't think you could have made this any shorter. No, it, I tried. I mean, there's a lot of information that went into this. I really tried. You know, like going back to his teachers and seeing what they had to say about him and all that. Like, how bad was Timothy? And apparently, according to everyone that really saw him on a daily basis from kindergarten through ninth grade, said that he was a sweet and caring young boy. And that, yeah, he was always hungry. But like his sister said, he never knew when to stop. You know, like he just... Just ate until he made himself sick. Yeah, that's why I'm just wondering if maybe he had something else going on. But yeah. <clears throat> we'll never know. That was that was my story. It's real sad. It's very sad. And I hope Shonda suffers the same thing. What if in jail they're giving her bread with hot sauce? That'd be awesome. That would be amazing. That would be so great. Like, what? We're giving you the same nutrition that you gave your child. That would be amazing. Please, if you're listening and you have Shonda in your cell. I heard she really likes that. She loves that shit. (laughs) She wants it every day. Every day. You know, like you said the other day, people should suffer the way that they murdered somebody. Yes, I completely. Yeah. I still stand by that. Yep. All right, guys. Well, we will see ya when we see ya. Yes. And we'll have a new episode for you on Friday. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. We appreciate you listening to our podcast. If you liked it, please give us a good rating. You can listen on your favorite podcast platform with new releases every Friday. Just search for Bitch I'm Not Well. Send us suggestions for an episode at well at gmail.com because Gmail won't let us use bitch. Or visit our website at www.bitchimnotwell.com for more podcasts and our fabulous merchandise. We'll see you next week on another podcast about another crazy bitch who is truly unwell.